Welcome to the Community of Faith podcast, where you will hear the exposition of God's Word taught by Rev. Patrick Parham, pastor of Faith Community Fellowship in Bristol, Tennessee. If you are in the Bristol area and would like to visit, please join us for Sunday morning worship beginning at 10 a.m. If you're not able to join us in person, join us online. Visit our website, faith-cf.org. That's faith-cf.org. Or you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash faithcommunityfellowshipbristol. That's all one word, Faith Community Fellowship Bristol. Here at Faith Community Fellowship, our goal is to ensure that what we do is edifying to our Heavenly Father, and we hope that this podcast is a blessing to you. Let's join Pastor Pat as he brings us God's Word. If you will, turn with me over to John chapter 20. John chapter 20. One of the accounts of the resurrection of Jesus. In the Gospel of John chapter 20, we'll be dealing with the first 20 verses in this chapter. We'll read them in two sections. John chapter 20 beginning at verse 1 of this beautiful story. On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark, saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid Him. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple were going to the tomb, so they both ran together, and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloth lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb, and he saw the linen cloth lying there, and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the Scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own homes. Let's pray. Lord, as we begin this portion of the service looking into this beautiful story of Your resurrection, I ask that You as the risen Lord would come and fill our hearts again with the presence of the Spirit and that we would, as a result, love You with all of our hearts more than we did when we came in. Help this to be a true celebration of Your victory that we can enjoy and do enjoy every day. In Jesus' most holy name, Amen. So as we come to this portion of the Gospel of John, we're in John chapter 20, sir. As we come to this portion, we come to the highlight of the Lord's work. The culmination of His earthly mission. The event that proved beyond doubt the deity of Jesus gave validity, as I mentioned earlier, to all of His claims is the resurrection of Christ. Writing in Romans, Paul states it this way, He was separated to the Gospel of God concerning His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh, declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection of the dead. So we see some initial events. That's what we were reading in verses 1-10. through 10. 
that took place on that first Easter morning. And then there is a recording of the first appearances of Jesus after His resurrection to the believers. And we'll read those verses a little bit later. Verses 11 through chapter verse 20. So Mary Magdalene came to the tomb there in verse 1. There were other ladies with her. John's just highlighting her, Mary Magdalene. Because Mark speaks of Mary, the mother of James and Salome. <coughs> Luke speaks of women who came with him from Galilee. And these were ladies that were intent on doing whatever they could do for the Lord. They wanted to anoint His body as soon as possible. It was still dark, according to Mark chapter 16. Just as the day was beginning to dawn, Matthew records for us, and they came in spite of the circumstances. Some of them had watched as the Lord was buried. They knew there was a large stone rolled across that entrance, and that was a topic of conversation among the ladies as they made their way that morning. How were they going to get that stone away? They couldn't roll it away. But when they got there, the stone had already been taken away, as we saw in verse 1. The stone had been taken away from the tomb. So we see that unknown to them at this time, an angel of the Lord had come and rolled it out of the way. And we know that wasn't to let the Lord out. It was to let the believers in so that they could see for themselves the miracle that the Lord wasn't there. As soon as Mary saw that, she didn't understand what had happened. But she ran to tell Peter and the disciple the Lord loved, who we know is John. And her assumption concerning what had happened, that they had stolen his body, was logical, but it was wrong. She, as well as the other believers, they either didn't remember what the Lord had said over and over to them prior to his crucifixion, or else maybe they were just very slow in believing it. So Peter and John come into the picture here in verse 3 down through verse 10, and they both take off running to go down to the tomb. And John would have been much younger than Peter, and he, he outran him, and he arrived there first. He looked into the tomb, but Peter came and just bowled right on by, and just like he always did, went right on into the tomb. And then John came in too. Both saw the linen cloths and the handkerchief lying there, but according to verse 8, John was the only one at that time that actually believed. And he saw and believed. says they didn't really yet know. They didn't comprehend the Scriptures concerning His resurrection. There's very many places in the Old Testament. For example, Psalm 16.10, You will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. They had not even understood the Lord's teaching on that subject. Now as we do some application in these ten verses, think of the lady's devotion to the Lord. We read in Luke that they had followed and observed where and how He was buried. They returned home and prepared spices with fragrant oils. And soon as the Sabbath was ended, while it was yet dark, they came to the tomb to anoint the Lord's body because they loved Jesus. They were heartbroken over His crucifixion. They did not yet understand the purpose or the necessity of His death. But they were intent on doing whatever they could to show that love for Him. What of us here today? None of us fully understand the Scriptures. None of us know when the Lord is going to return. None of us can all by ourselves go into all the world and preach the Gospel. But if we know the Lord, 
If we love Him with all of our hearts, we can serve Him. We can ask Him to empower us to share His love and the message of salvation with those in our circle of influence. We can point others to the source of hope in troubling times. Even though we don't know what lies ahead, we know Jesus is alive and living within us. You remember I talked about that stone being an obstacle to the ladies? They discussed that problem on the way to the grave, but they went anyway. And when they arrived, the stone had already been removed. Anything like that ever happened in your life or in mine? You see, if we'll just simply do what the Lord wants us to do, He'll take care of the obstacles. We can accomplish His will through His power if we pray for His strength and move forward in obedience. And then we saw the two disciples, Peter and John, went to the tomb, but they had totally different responses. Totally different responses. Only one believed. And we have to believe that of all the disciples, Peter had to be at that point in time the most miserable. He had to be. He had boasted to the Lord that he would never deny Him, but then he had failed Him horribly three times. While the Lord was in the grave, Peter had to be in misery. He was saved, but he had fallen into horrible sin. The remedy was available at that time, but he didn't receive it yet. And so many times you and I can be just like Peter. We fall into sin and are miserable, but instead of believing the Scriptures, repenting and asking forgiveness, we simply look at the scriptural evidence, but we turn away and we stay in misery. How much better to follow John's example there in verse 8? How much better just to believe and have the peace of God and the joy of the Lord that once again be our strength? He had a much better example for us than Peter did at this particular time. Well, moving on, let's read down through verses 11 through 20. But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. She saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head, other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid Him. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing Him to be the gardener, said to Him, Sir, if you have carried Him away, tell me where you have laid Him, and I'll take Him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to Him, Rabboni, which is to say, Teacher. And Jesus said to her, Do not cling to Me. I have not yet ascended to My Father, but go to My brethren and say to them, I am ascended to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord. He had spoken these things to her. And that same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. And when He had said this, He showed them His hands and His feet, and the disciples were glad when they saw of the Lord. 
Peter and John, they went back to their homes. But Mary stayed there at the tomb and she was weeping. She didn't know where else to go. Jesus was her only hope. He was her only Savior. And without Him, she was lost. She didn't know what to do. Ever feel like that? But of course, Mary was not alone, was she? She didn't know where the Lord was at that moment, but He knew where she was, didn't He? He knew exactly where she was, and the same is true of us. When circumstances overwhelm and we don't know what to do, the advice of the psalmist is still true. Be still and know that I am God. And while she's there, she saw these two angels and she had a conversation with them there in verse 13. And she's privileged to be the first person to see the risen Lord. Mark points that out very pointedly in Mark 16 and 9. She saw Him, but in verse 14 it says she didn't know who He was. And Jesus identified herself, Himself to her simply by speaking her name. She knew Him and she worshipped. I wonder, could we think back in our lives today? Just think back in time for a little while when you first heard Jesus speak your name. He knows His own sheep by name and we follow Him for we know His voice. That's a great impetus to worship Him continually Easter morning and every morning. And Jesus gives her something to do. He said, go to my brethren. He's not ashamed to call those who believe in Him brethren. God the Father knows each of us personally. We're joint heirs of Christ. We're welcome in the throne room of God. And when Jesus said, go back to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, she obeyed. She went back in verse 18. She told the disciples she had seen the Lord. He had spoken these things. She didn't hesitate. She didn't question. She just did what the Lord told her to do. That's always the correct order in our lives. And then in verses 19 and 20, we see an appearance of the Lord to the disciples. It was on that same Easter, first Easter day. In the evening of the same day, when the doors were shut, why? For fear of the Jews in verse 19. Now remember, the day is drawing to a close. There had already been much evidence to the Lord's resurrection. Mary Magdalene had told the disciples she had seen the Lord, but according to Mark, they didn't believe her. According to Matthew and Luke, other women had been with Mary and they seen the Lord and they told the disciples. And Peter and John had went to the empty tomb, went inside, and John had believed Jesus had appeared to her and talked with two disciples on the road to Emmaus. They had returned and testified to the eleven, but they didn't believe them either. And then Jesus had appeared to Peter in Luke chapter 24. You see, they were slow to believe, reluctant to accept personal testimonies. Much like some of us were at one time. And not unlike some of the folks we may have witnessed to in the past. So Jesus comes and stands in their midst and He said, Peace be with you. You see, if Jesus is with us, There is peace because He is our peace according to Ephesians 2 and verse 14. And He showed Him His hands and His feet. According to another Gospel, He actually invited them to touch Him and to feel His arms and so forth, to touch His flesh and bones. And He ate some food in front of them because they were still hesitant. They thought they were seeing a spirit. And then that last sentence in verse 20, 
Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. There's a treasure in that verse. When the disciples fully actually understood Jesus was alive and standing there, they were glad. Their unbelief and fear was gone. Joy returned to their being. And the peace of God that passes understanding once again flooded their souls. Now, let's go back and think about some more application in these verses. Mary remained at the tomb and saw the angels, but that wasn't enough. She saw the Lord, but she didn't recognize Him, so that wasn't enough either. But when Jesus made Himself known to her, joy filled her soul because He is our source of joy. The experience of other Christians, that's good to hear about. A good sermon about the glory and power of God, that's, that's great. But joy really floods our personal souls when we see in our spiritual eyes the risen Lord. The ladies had come to the tomb to anoint the dead, but they left having met the living Lord. And like them, when we or others we know and witness to meet the living Lord, our life changes. And we know for ourselves that He lives. In verse 19, here the disciples were assembled and the doors were shut for fear of the Jews, although the Lord had already risen. Unbelief resulted in fear. There wasn't anything wrong with the testimony. They had the testimony of Jesus before He was crucified. He told them many times that this was going to happen. They didn't believe, so fear ruled their hearts and peace was foreign to them. How sad and unnecessary. But isn't it applicable to us? How many times, thinking back, did we hear this Gospel? We looked at the evidence of Scripture, but yet refused to believe. Someone continued to pray for us though, and someone continued to share God's love with us, and eventually the power of the Holy Spirit will broke down those walls of unbelief, and He saved our souls. These disciples though, they were already Christians. But they were still struggling with unbelief. And it robbed them of their joy and their fellowship. That's the way unbelief works even in a Christian's life. The answer is always to ask the Lord to enable us to believe His Word again, receive His testimony, repent of the sin of unbelief, and enjoy fellowship with the risen Redeemer. And then in that last sentence of verse 20, the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. If we ever truly see Him, we're going to be glad. The apostles went from fear to gladness. And the vehicle that brought about that wonderful change was recognizing who Jesus truly is. They had heard testimony. They had seen His form but thought He was a spirit. But when they truly recognized He was there in their midst, they were glad. And again, can we remember when we first truly saw the Lord and that wave of sin was removed and the joy of the Lord filled our hearts? Isn't that a wonderful memory? And doesn't that continue today? As we leave the worship service, let's, let's leave encouraged. The tomb is empty. The Lord lives, and because He lives, we're going to live also. He has ascended to His Father and our Father, and He grants us peace every day. Let that peace 
that passes understanding continue to rule in your hearts and minds and share His message of hope and love with those around us and pray for the salvation of others because we serve a risen Savior. He lives within our hearts. Let's pray. Lord, what a wonderful passage of Scripture this is. How great it is to know that You are alive forevermore. To have the Holy Spirit witnessing with our spirits that we are sons and daughters of God. To have Him as the down payment on the entire purchase possession. To know that when You return, we shall be like You, for we shall see You as You are. We love You and we love the fact that You are alive. In Jesus' most holy name, Amen. Thank you, Pastor Pat, for another wonderful message from God's Word. I hope that you have enjoyed listening to Pastor Pat's message. If this has been a blessing to you, please like and follow this podcast and give us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you. If you would like to support this ministry and the other ministry opportunities at Faith Community Fellowship, please visit our website, faith-cf.org support. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Community of Faith.